What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 23 of the Disc Golf Podcast. I am Robin, along with my co-host, Joe. Say hello to the disc golf world. Hey, disc golf world. This episode's going to be epic. It really is going to be <laughs> quite epic. And <laughs> we mean literally epic because we just read the review of the hottest disc on the disc golf market on Amazon.com, which is the aerobic... The M- MVP Catalyst? No, no. Well, we'll oh. review the MVP Catalyst. The Dismania DVX? We reviewed that last week. Oh. But we are going to review the MVP Catalyst this week. But That's I, true. I'm referring to an even hotter commodity, the Aerobi Epic Ultra Long Range Driver, PDGA approved... Do you mean the disc that I'm holding in my very hand this minute? Uh, you are holding a Thunderblade <laughs> in your hands. <laughs> and we are referring to a review of this wonderful disc that is on Amazon.com. And if you follow our Twitter account, you can find it there. I sent a link to it. I'll probably repost it because this is quite possibly the best disc golf review that was ever posted of any disc right? ever in the history of the world. So when I say it's in my hand, like I'm not joking, I actually purchased this disc. I will uh, stop and say I bought this before the review came out. Yeah. In my mind, I mean maybe Way not. before. No, I, I way before. Ever. This is a um, recent review. This disc is ridiculous. It's safe to say the Aerobi F- Epic is a novelty disc for overhand shots only. It kind of looks like um, if you search, like Google image searched like a fried egg, mm-hmm. like that's what the disc looks like. Yeah, so the, the bottom side, the underside of the disc has an offset I, circle, I suppose. It's a circle. Yeah, it's for sure a circle. It's on, so it's a, there's a perfect circle on the, on the underside of the rim, except it's offset to the side, so one side of the rim is significantly wider like would you say it's epic <laughs> epically wider yeah then like like if you've listened to this podcast you know how much i love a wide rim this is ridiculous like yeah the small side of the rim is wide yeah. as wide as any 14 speed you'd ever pick up and the wide side is just dumb yeah so the other thing is when you buy this disc just don't buy it <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't buy it don't buy it um but when you get it, it actually comes like in like a, like a kind of like bag with like the cardboard top that you have to like mm-hmm. pop staples off of. And there's like instructions of how to throw it. And literally it tells you to like taco the disc, to like bend it for different throws. Mm-hmm. Like to bend it in different angles, to make it fly different ways. Um, which does does work. It does work. I've never, honestly, I don't think I've ever thrown that disc. You shouldn't, and you, you, you never will. And I threw it enough, and I actually, like, there's videos on, what, PDGA or something? Yeah. Of, of dude yeah. throwing, like, 550, just crazy, like, thumber, turnover. I, I think it was the, the PDGA uh, Twitter Okay. that put it out. It could have been Instagram. Uh, I can't remember, but there was someone in the last week or so that that was able to throw that disc like 540 uh, on an overhand either thumber or hammer. I can't remember. So either what type either of it's shot. a it, either it's a new video, and if it's a new video, there's an it old is. video. There's an old video of someone doing the same thing. Like I yeah. bought it watching someone throw it, and this is what like two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I bought it watching people overhand it, 
thinking, oh, that's how I can get my overhand going where it needs to go. Um, not paying attention to the fact that I have a torn labrum and can't really crank things overhand because my <laughs> shoulder breaks into sharp pain. Your shoulder's compromised. I try and do that. Uh, so anyways, I bought it and can't really overhand it well purely because I can't overhand anything well at this point. Uh, played with like tacoing it, bending it. And I'll be honest, I have thrown some legit bomb backhand drives with it, but never been able to recreate it. Because it's like, oh, I'll bend it the exact same way and throw it in the same wind and mm-hmm. have the same arm angle and arm speed. Nope. So the reason we're talking about the Aerobi Epic Because it's the greatest it's ever made on Earth ever? According to an Amazon review, yes. There is I, a... I, I trust Amazon reviews. <laughs> there is a wonderfully, skillfully written Amazon... Uh, I, I'll call it a fictional review... Well, we don't know. Uh, you said you've never thrown it, so you don't know. Uh, that's true. So that's tell me true. what it said, because you forwarded it to me, and I, I started to read it, and like two paragraphs in, like my head hurt, because if you guys don't know, I never learned how to read. Um, I, I was done. Like, it was hilarious, and I loved it, but like, my head started to hurt, and my eyes bugged out, and I think I went into a slight coma and didn't finish reading. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's that's very unfortunate. You, but uh, the premise of this review on uh, on Amazon was that uh, this guy had a friend that was a a wild spirit that went out into Burma or something like that and was living in the wild and living in a cave up on a hill and wanted to throw disc golf discs to uh, to pass his time and that he threw them. Uh, he he was sent a whole bunch of aerobic epics because that's what his friend Googled and. Well, that makes sense. It's and got epic. them out there, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. epic. Yeah, it's super epic. And uh, that he was throwing them off a mountaintop, and they landed in a remote village with very little contact of modern society. So these, uh, as they called them, Thunderblades, were landing from the sky above in this village, and they started worshipping the epic. I mean, it makes essentially. sense. Essentially. It it may, just... like, it's a very worshipable, worshipable disc. Yeah. Uh, so not only is the the circle in the center like off center, underneath, but the flight plate doesn't match up with said circle yep. from the top. Yeah, um, it's super weird. It is. Um, you know, <laughs> whether Robin wants to or not, we're gonna throw up a picture of the epic on our Instagram. Oh, we are. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna see how. Epic. I'll stop saying that because it's getting redundant. <laughs> no, I think I think the epic uh, thing is getting. But nonetheless, I have not done this like twelve hundred word Amazon review justice whatsoever. This is a short story that was uploaded in there in the kind of uh, territory. I don't know if our listeners are familiar. I would hope so. There's the T-shirt, the Three Wolf Moon T-shirt, that, which we both own because we're real men. Yeah, well, I mean, once you see all those reviews, I mean, we're married men with children. Obviously, yeah. we've used the magic of the Three Wolf Moon shirt. <laughs> so there's the Three Wolf Moon shirt on Amazon that has like thousands of spoof reviews on it, saying that it gave them magical powers and suddenly they were more attractive to women. And wait, those weren't real. <laughs> no. So this is kind of in that territory, but. So I shouldn't have bought this disc. It caught me totally off guard when I saw this and was like instantly just like giggling as I was reading it. So 
Find it. I threw it out on our Twitter account, which is, I don't remember, Joe, tell It's them. at the Dispod. At the Dispod. And uh, if you want to find that link out there, it, it's like... It, it's amazing. I won't be offended if you pause the podcast right now, go and find that link, read it, come back, and start. I think it probably requisite homework right now. If you haven't done that already, go and do so. Because uh, probably the best disc golf review ever in the history of the world and and joe and i do disc review so that's kind of like it's true uh i'm jealous i'm jealous of this review i'm like saddened that we didn't think to do a disc golf review as comprehensive right and the thing is we'll throw pictures up we're never going to review the epic because it's already been done better than we'll ever be able to do pretty much how could we possibly and when i said that we probably will still review it because it's goofy well it's the thunderblade it's the thunderblade which also um, I know we'll be able to find a beer that has something to do with Epic that is just going to fall upon us. and Yeah. It's going to happen. I own it. I bought one. I was one of those guys. So we're going to have to review it. So if you survived this 10-minute digression of the first part of the Disc Golf Podcast, we have a great show for you coming up. And don't buy an Epic. And uh, unless you are a crazy long-distance overhand thrower, Epic's probably not for you. But nonetheless, we are going to talk about the tournament action from the past weekend, the Estonian Open. Uh, We are going to look forward to the latest Disc Golf World Tour event, which is the European Masters. And uh, we have a terrific deer review where we're going to review the latest MVP Disc Sports uh, high-speed distance driver, the Catalyst. Uh, which is an understable disc golf driver. It's a 13 speed. And we are going to do that along with uh, Doomsday Brewing Company's Nuclear IPA. And I know what you're saying, and we're going to upset some people, and I'm okay with that. No, we didn't pair this with a nuke. Um, a lot of people throw nukes. We don't. We'll probably get to it at some point. Don't be upset with us. It's not our cup of tea this moment. Gotcha. I love you all. I'm sorry. So, we're going to review it with the Catalyst because it's newer, shinier. It's super shiny. And it, I'm fairly certain that a nuclear reaction involves some sort of Catalyst. Oh, for sure. And you know what the best part is? We're going to give this disc away. Oh, I think we are. We are, definitely. That's exciting. Joe, this is news to me because Joe's going to announce how we're going to give this away later in this podcast. Oh, yes. And I already so, know. He already knows. And it's going to be great. I don't know. It's going to be terrific. You're going to love it. It's going to, it's no, I, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. I think I really will. So, as usual, our deer review, our disc and beer pairing that we do, where we review a disc and a beer and call it a deer. It's world famous. It, it is. Literally. So, that is our episode coming up. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to start off here by talking about the tournament action of the last weekend, which was the Estonian Open, which is a um was an a-tier event in estonia um right so i don't know if you guys knew but there was like a special guest appearance by brendan frazier uh if you didn't know he played uh an estonian quote-unquote an encino man did you ever see that movie i did but i'm just i'm just struggling to see where we're going here uh so this was one of like the random movies that I watched all the time growing up, like like uh, Encino Man, uh-huh. Surf Ninjas were like okay some of the two movies I watched like way too many times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Brendan Fraser's like Caveman, 
was was from Estonia, quote unquote. What do you think Brendan Fraser is doing right now? <laughs> Wishing Encino Man had a resurgence. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So I think by purely bringing this up, we just helped his career. <laughs> Possibly, maybe the slightest bit. For all you guys who weren't around or don't know of Encino Man, great movie. Check yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, Estonian Open. I can't be the only one who thought of Encino Man when we talk about Estonian Open. I, I think it, There's no way I'm the only one. I think it's possible. Please, someone comment that I'm not the only one. I think please, it's, please. I think it's possible that you are the only one. Please, please. Because we went on a Brendan Fraser t- tangent just then, so... That was like his breakout role. Yeah, okay. It was? Yeah. <laughs> what so, made me feel like a dick? <laughs> Joe's favorite actor, Brendan Fraser. And uh, the Estonian Open, which... Uh, so a lot of the the uh, pro players are heading out to Europe because we have coming up, which we'll talk about in a little bit, the Disc Golf World Tour event, the European Masters which is coming up this weekend, which by the time you listen to this podcast, will have already started. already started. So we are recording on Wednesday the 20th. We release this podcast on Friday the 22nd. It's my mom's birthday. Which will be, oh, today is Joe's mom's birthday, so happy birthday, Rose. Yes, and two days after you listen to this, it's my son's birthday, just saying. And, and then my mom's birthday is on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, this month's and, crazy. and then Monday's Elliot, right? And and rest in peace, Damn my 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 uh, grandmother's birthday is on Sunday. So same as Henry. Yeah. Wow. So. And 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 uh, Friday is is our our friend uh, Elliot, his son uh, Sebastian. Wow. Yeah. A lot of birthdays. So. A- Adam was yesterday. Anyways, <laughs> my brother-in-law. Whole bunch this of birthdays. crazy end of July birthdays. Tons of birthdays here in July for people we know. I know that was a very interesting segment for those of you listening. But you home. kind of know them because of us. But a, a A-tier tournament that is in Europe, um, and a lot of the players that are going to play in the European Masters, not all of them, but a, a good portion of them playing. Uh, most notably, you had Rick, Ricky Wysocki, who was playing in it who was the the obvious favorite. And uh, this tournament was, of course, won by Ricky Wysocki. We did it! We did it. So We did it. We both picked him. We did. And Joe and I do picks every episode on uh, on major A-tier tournaments. We've and done real bad for a while. I'll say this one was a bit of a layup, uh, considering the field uh, that, that Ricky Wysocki would win. We, we've gone for the layup before and missed it. Yeah. We've gone for the eight-foot putt more than once. Yeah. And missed it. Yeah. Sometimes it was our fault. Other times it was uh, someone know, to having their birthday and yeah. not playing in the tournament, or or Cameron Todd's fault. You know, hey, anytime it's Cameron Todd's fault, I'm in. Yeah, I uh, agree. I, I bow down and and tip the cat. I agree. Totally agree. So uh, Ricky Wysocki uh, won with a 31 under par. Um, uh, gosh, I'm so. I, I'm going to apologize in advance on my pronunciation of these European players' names. Cause you mean you didn't spend hours researching and oh, man. checking out phonetics? No, I did not. I'm a little disappointed, but <laughs> I guess I understand. So, uh, you have uh, what, whose name I think is Yuho. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, and uh, he was 26 under. And Paul Uliberry, who was 21 under, coming in in third place, who I picked to come in second place. True. 
so kind of close there, but no cigar. Um, and then we had uh, Tomas uh, Rosenquist. Okay. And uh, he came in 17 under, and Seppo Paju. Who I picked to come in third. And uh, he came in in fifth place. Will Schustrick came in in a tie for fifth also with Seppo at 16 under. Zach Melton in seventh at 15 under. Um, and it kind of tails off as a big drop off after after Zach Melton from 15 under down to 9, 7. Um, so those are your, you were your, your major tournament finishers there. And, but this was really just a, a precursor. Well, it was a major tournament in Europe, but this was a precursor for a lot of these pros to the European Masters, which is Disc Golf World Tour event number four. Right, and right, which is a here. big deal. Huge deal, and that's where the rest of the pros that we didn't list in that last, uh, last Simon, part. Simon's playing? Simon, I've I've missed Simon. I'm uh, not gonna lie, I've missed Simon. He's not played in a lot of the tour or a lot of the tournaments that we've been paying attention to or covering. It, it, you know, I, I I don't think Simon is playing. Is he I, hurt? I think Simon's I injured. Some... I'm oh. I'm fairly certain Simon is injured. I I, I think Simon injured his knee uh, in one of his um, distance competition. Not distance competition, but he does those um, like workshops, workshops, and... things like that. And he's doing distance drives. And I'm I I'm fairly certain Simon tweaked his knee mm. on a 360 drive, and is not going to be playing well, this tournament. Well, then I won't pick him, but I. Uh... I should have let you just go on that and pick Simon. No, stop. I, we don't need any more picking people not playing tournaments. But I, I do urge everyone listening, uh, and you, Robin, included, to just send well wishes yeah. to Simon. Regardless of what he's done this year and whatever, he is one of the biggest bombers in the game. Legit, but most like carefree, like fun people to watch mm-hmm. and, and pay attention to. Like True entertainer. True entertainer, like, he makes me want to be better and play more just by watching him and seeing how much fun he has. Yeah. So I, hopefully he, he gets well soon and gets back to I totally agree. Knees. And, <laughs> weird. And, <laughs> at you know, as stacked as this field is, it would have been nice to have him there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... I'll go both ways on this with Simon injuring himself in an exhibition uh, show um, like that. One, you know, I hope this doesn't change Simon going forward, where he's a little bit more reserved on no on those sorts of no things way. and 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 doesn't do it. And at the same time, you know, the ultimate goal as a disc golfer is to win these big tournaments, and if you put yourself at risk and injure yourself in a exhibition. Uh, kind of show where you're which is not really doing anything for you yeah but i, th- I feel like a lot of the interviews you see with simon like the entertainer piece is is pretty high up there yeah i think he wants to be number one he does and, but he really does relish mm-hmm. being the entertainer so and he's young and it, it doesn't seem like an injury that is going to require surgery right. or anything like that. So I, I, I think it's not a big deal. But at the same time, it's still, it's a bummer. It would be nice to see Simon Lazat in this field with Paul McBeth, Ricky Wysocki, Nicola Castro, KJ Naibo, Nate Doss, Nate Sexton, Eagle McMahon, Jeremy Colling, Philo Brathwaite, Paul Uliberry, Will Schustrick, uh, 
uh, Timo Nusson, uh, Greg Barsby, Matt, Zach Melton, Devin Owens, Passy Kovu, Sepu Paju. I mean, this is a stacked field. I mean, listen to those Robin, names. Robin. We haven't had all of those listen, players in one place this year. Let's quit our jobs. Like, right now. Let's just, let's just fly to Europe. I, I can't quit my job. Let's fake our deaths. <laughs> fly to Europe. And then resurrect ourselves. But I got like I got like two kids, man. I mean, I got a kid. Whatever. I mean, I I think I've life. Yeah, I do have life insurance. I but still, you. no, I got two kids. What are you talking about? Come on. I want to go watch this. But I mean that that is one of the more stacked cards. Are we gonna be dudes who are like, in like our like sixties retirement, flying places to watch tournaments? I hope so. I do too. Can we lot be our series? Can we be in like in our like late thirties doing this? I think you should learn how to fly so that like you can. We have a friend. We do have a friend that that does. We just how need to fly. get him into disc golf. But I I don't think that I've named listed out that many of the the top pro talent in the world in one place this year. Uh I would say Memorial. Yeah. Or Masters. Both Not even the Masters, because you. What about what about? Because you don't have KJ. KJ was no KJ. Was, oh, you're right. So so and KJ is a world class player. What about um, what about the first disc golf uh, world tour? Uh, well, you had certain players in the U.S. that weren't there, like Will Schustrick. I don't think that's was true. There. Oh, and right. uh, so I think we've had is. It, it every single I feel like every single one of these we've talked about this year has had somebody missing. Is McCabe playing? Uh, I don't think McCabe is going to be there. Let me <sighs> let me sort by country real quick. I mean, there's gonna be a lot. I don't make I, that. We should. I'm sorry. Um, I don't see McCabe. Um, looking at all the U.S. players, no McCabe. So no, so so, so McCabe's US, gonna play something local like Kansas and destroy. Um, I mean, Katrina Allen is competing in the in the MPO. That's like, my favorite thing ever. Again, We've already said this before. I'm so, so pumped on Katrina Allen yeah. playing. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that there this disc golf world tour doesn't have the the space for a a a FPO card, but it is awesome that Katrina Allen has in each of these events competed in the open division against all these men and held her own. Um, really, really pretty awesome. Katrina being one of the, if not the best, between her and Paige Pierce. Katrina's had a huge streak, and Paige won uh, the last one. Um, Which is awesome, because we had talked about how dominant mm-hmm. Katrina's been so it was really cool to be paid to see Paige Pierce come back and do work. Yeah, because it really was not more than two years ago that it was the opposite way. Yeah, where Paige Pierce won like everything and and Cat got like yeah. one here and there. And Katrina Allen also winner of the Estonian Open FPO. So, um, so she just came off fresh off her win in the Estonian she Open. Does work and not just winning, winning by nineteen strokes. So she flat out crushed the female the the FBO card uh, out at the Estonian Open. I think when we bring our friends who've never played before, strokes. we still don't beat them by nineteen strokes. Yeah, I mean, like I no, that's true. Like, I dare you bring a friend. Well, granted, this is over multiple rounds, so that that true. That could but be we don't true. have time for that. Like, this. But, 
But, you know, uh, for amazing. Katrina Allen to go four under at the Estonian Open. I mean, how about, her... too, talk about, talk about Ricky 31 under. We could play our, I, I know we've said this before, our easiest course in our area. And it's going to take <laughs> anywhere from 10 to 15 rounds to get 31 down. Yeah. Yeah. But Katrina at four down, her next closest competitor was plus 15. So, Katrina is in a whole nother world in terms of, of uh, play, and the only person that can beat her is Paige Pierce. Yep. And and that hasn't happened very often of late. You know how, like, in, uh, in, in baseball, they, like, talk about all your tools? You know, mm-hmm. like, you're, like, a four-tool... Yeah, or a five-tool. A five-tool, yeah. like, you can hit, you, you can, can hit, field, you, you can do whatever. You got speed. We need to start thinking about that with disc golf. Uh-huh. Because that's really what it's coming down to is, like, the three <clears throat> to four tool. You know, mm-hmm. like, the th- I mean, there's a big three, and I'm sure there's one that we... Well, so, I think there's four. I, th- I think there's four. So, I mean, there's, there's putting, driving, and approaching. And then I think mental. And I think mental, mental should have yeah. its own... Well, and I, I think... Uh, I think you could include probably a fifth category, category which would be like, uh, I guess I'd call it a specialty shot category, which would be uh, your ability to es- escape out of yeah, trouble yeah. Um, with with odd shots, whatever those may be. And I don't even know how you would quantify I thought it was these. six, by the way. You did? I All did. Right. I think six is like overall fitness. Yeah. Because when you're playing five rounds in a weekend, like if you're not fit, and, and I think Maybe. we see a lot of local tournaments of guys who can bomb and can do beautiful things, but they'll start to break down. Like, I'll be honest, like, end of round, I start mm-hmm. slowing down. And I think the people who put in the work and, and are fit, that's an extra tool. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, the putt, the approach, the but drive. I think fitness has to be assumed. In okay. any, in that's any good. In any professional athlete, fitness has to be assumed, and and if it's well, that's true. Yeah, okay, I'll take if that. They're, I'll take if that. they're not fit, it's a subtraction. You shouldn't count it as a. And they shouldn't uh, be in that category in the yeah. first place, almost. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Um, so I think you have to assume that they're an athlete, and and that fitness is part of being an athlete. So like, I, I'm I'm down. So a five tool disc golfer, right? Yeah. So so putt, approach, drive, specialty, and and mental. Sure. Those aren't all physical tools, but, but yeah. No, but I think, I think mental is a huge part. Oh, it's a part. major part of golf. Uh, I, I don't disagree that it belongs in, in those. I mean, I guess it doesn't. It, in the echelon of, of disc golf. So I, I, I think that makes sense. I, I think our last one is a little ambiguous in terms of like specialty shot, escapability. I mean, it's just, just overall skill, but, but I think. But we wanted, that, we wanted Steve Rizko to have like. Yeah, but, the but top I, tier. <laughs> I think that that's a huge part of disc golf is having that those extra five to ten specialty shots mm-hmm. in your bag that you maybe use once in a tournament or twice in a tournament, but it saved you a stroke. Right, like a cut roller like, through trees. Yeah. Forehand cut roller like to get out of something really dirty. I saw a, a video of Nate Sexton just this last week who had a a shot that he needed to curl to the right to to get in line and he threw a forehand roller which typically I use a forehand roller to cut to the left. Yeah. And he threw a perfect 
low-speed forehand cut roller with a putter. And it wasn't even like he, he like jacked it into the ground to get it to go there. He threw it with touch. It hit the ground, and it curled up to the right and sat like in perfect 10-foot position away from a basket. And I'm like, you know, if I try to do that, it's going to hit a pebble. It's going to do something. I think he was watching Rico video. And it's going to end up to the left. But that little, little tiny thing where most of us are going to struggle, maybe we end up throwing an Anheuser shot with a putter that doesn't make it. Maybe we uh, try that same exact shot that Nate Sexton did, and it ends up curling to the left, and or we don't make that putt. Or crush it into the ground, and it just dies. Yeah, that's yep. a stroke, and you can lose a tournament by a stroke. Or you hit a branch getting yeah. out. You know? And that's on one hole. So that, that kind of uh, versatility in your shot bag and what you have that you can do, I think, is a huge part of of these these modern pros. They all have a ton of different shots in their bag that they can go to to get different lines yep. uh, every single time. So that's a, that's a huge part of disc golf. And I think a huge part of why we see these players at the top of the ranks all the time, just like Nate Sexton, we see him rated highly all the time. Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki having probably... Ricky, I think, in my opinion, having the best year so far in 2016. Yeah. Yes. And then Paul McBeth, who is always dangerous. You can't count Paul McBeth out. But these players can make every single shot. So I think that's a really important part of a disc golf game. So while our description of that fifth tool is a little ambiguous, I think that it makes sense. It's super understandable. Um but granted, it's ambiguous to the point that a lot of times, you know, if, if your three or four tools are over the top, you rarely, mm-hmm. rarely need that fifth. But mm-hmm. with this sport, there's so many pieces that you have no control over. Uh, like, I know there there's a local hole for us. Like, this is a really small reference. But there's a local hole for us that can have the most, like, blistering headwind off the tee. Mm-hmm. And... 20 feet out, it's gone. Yeah. And it might even be a tailwind 20 feet out. So the ability, you know, so you might think you're throwing the greatest thing ever and all of a sudden be in trouble because it's so different, so short away, and none of us can see wind. I mean, maybe these pros can. I don't know. It seems like they can. They can They can judge wind, yeah. They can judge wind insanely well. But I'm saying you can have the four awesome tools or even take the mental out, the three perfect tools, and still end up in some real bad situations. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get out, but I feel like that not only having the shot, but another piece is that like fourth tool in my mind of like mm-hmm. the mental to be like, I know how to get out. I'm confident I can get out. Let's do it. Yeah. Whereas I'm someone who, if I'm stuck in quote unquote jail, like if I'm stuck in a tree, even if I see the slightest line. I'm still super wary being like, I don't, I don't know if I can throw the shot Mm -hmm. or I don't know how to really throw it perfectly. I think this angle with this throw can get out. And a lot of times when you're in that situation, you have to take the highest percentage gap and, and try and get out back into the fairway. I mean, that's the smart golf play. And, and and a lot of times the pros have to do the same thing. Yep. You, sometimes you got to take your medicine. That's part of the mental, though. That's yep. part of the mental is saying, you know what? A stroke now is better than three trying yeah. to get out. 
take your medicine, get out in the fairway, get yourself under the basket, and and get on to the next hole and yeah. score. Uh, you know, that's that's part of the mental game of disc golf. So at some point we might talk about that more, talking about all these tools that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about Macbeth being able to everything and, and being, you know, uh, could take over at any moment, I think that's because he has every tool there is. He does, yeah. And, and, and so does Rick. And so I think does those Rick, two, yeah. Those two are the guys, more so than anyone, <clears throat> that can do... Anything at any time, they they have every every piece. Yeah, so I think it's time we picked players for this disc golf world tour event that will be. I should mention that will be covered by uh, Spin TV and the Disc Golf World Tour um, uh, as well on their Twitter. I think they'll we'll get some uh, live posting on the Disc Golf World Tour Instagram and Twitter accounts, and then we will get uh, coverage from Spin TV. Uh, that will get uh, commentary by Jamie Thomas and Avery Jenkins. So that's awesome. And uh, I think we'll get a, a couple others too, but should should be awesome. We're really looking forward. They Spin TV a, coverage they, they is do an always amazing job. Yeah, for always sure. really nice kind of post produced rounds and and uh, should be great coverage that we'll get to see on YouTube. So, Joe, I think you should start us off. Who is going to place third at these this fourth Disc Golf World Tour event, the European Masters? I'm just going to make sure my, my dude's playing before I say. <laughs> yep, KJ Naibo. You're going to take Naibo, placing I'm gonna take third. I'm going to take third for sure. That's, that's an excellent choice. I'm taking Sexton. I, I, it's a toss-up. In all honesty, yeah. it's a toss-up. I... Both of them were in in my thoughts. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. And I feel like we've gone the same exact way multiple yeah, times. We have. I just I love. Mason and unfortunately, Kager. this is leading to a very, very cliche top two. It is. It is. But that's okay. That is okay. So and then I do want to do, and I'll, I'll do it. I'll say it ahead of time. I do want to throw one bonus in because. The three are kind of cut and dry. Yeah. And I think we need we'll, a bonus. We'll throw yeah, in. Yeah. A, we'll throw in our our uh, our cusp player. Our our uh, bonus pick at, for fourth place or, or possible uh, great player. So who's coming in second? I'm going to keep this rolling. I'm going to keep this rolling. Ricky Wysocki. Ooh. Good. Because I'm choosing the opposite. I think Paul McBeth is coming in second. Which means... Yeah. Obviously, Joe, you are saying that... Will Schusterick is going to get... <laughs> I love you, like Will. You're awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are amazing. You're dominant. You I, know what sucks? Will very much could win this tournament. He could. He totally he, could. He is. He is one of those. So he's like that five tool guy that yeah. doesn't always have five. But if all five are firing, he'll destroy anyone. And he is not. I think the biggest thing with Will uh, over the last couple years is his inside the circle putting has not been consistent enough for him to beat Paul and I've seen a little well not yeah, even Ricky. inside the circle I would say like inside of 50. Yeah. Because Rick and 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 Paul are pretty high <laughs> yeah. percentage inside In range, 50 yeah. and he's not necessarily. Yeah. And the times that he is because he's had many tournaments where he crushes everything yeah. and he dominates because he has the up game, he has the drive, and we always forget about 
how big of a boomer Will Schusterk is. Yeah. So no disrespect. I'm sorry. I, I meant no disrespect. Yeah. But, no. But I will take. I, mean, I will take Paul McBeth to take first place. To take first, and I'm going to take Ricky Wysocki. He's had the better year. He's taken Paul down before, and uh, he just came off another win. I think he's he's ready. He understands, and he has the skills to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think number one, this is going to be an awesome tournament to watch, and I think Rick's going to come out with the win. And I think I, I mean I'm I think excited. this is going to be the I'm year of the Rick. I, I think that Rick is going to win uh, the world championship this year. Wait, time out. Is Bradley Williams playing? <laughs> not is Bradley Williams. Bradley Williams is not right in the European Open. Whew, okay, yeah. we don't need to worry about that. Or sorry, the the European Masters. Uh, <laughs> so no, we don't have to worry about okay. that. But I feel but now. I, I think that that this is the where this is Rick's coming out party year, and he it has, already. I mean. He is. It pretty much already is. Yeah, it it already is. But I think he's going to continue it, and uh, I I think that he will be the one to upset Paul's world championship streak that he's got going on. Not just in this tournament this year, but in the the worlds later on this season. So. Oh the, yeah, but yeah. he's already out of the Grand Slam, right? Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. That's yeah. Really, like that's that should never be like. Where you uh, rate yourself based yeah, on that? There, there will be no Grand Slam winner. Or, All right, so know. I'm gonna turn around. I want you to give me before I give you. Oh, okay. So I, I got to give you the, the, uh, you know, not I, necessarily a surprise, but just someone who's gonna do really well, and you could see shake up the top three. You know, um, Eula Berry. I'm gonna stick with him again because he's been playing some great golf, and uh, and has been playing really, really well, and uh, placed. Third this last week, I think he's got a chance to, to touch that again uh, this week. So I, I'm going to stick with Paul. He's been playing great. Uh, he's been great off the tee and in putting as usual. He's he's making long putts and, and his nails. So I think Paul Uberry is is kind of uh, is has been you know really on a hot streak lately. And I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I'm going to go back to my imaginary best friend. Oh yeah, I'm going to say Nate Doss. <laughs> Your imaginary best friend. I mean, you're my best friend, Ron. I mean, he's, yeah, I was going to say, like, Nate Doss isn't imaginary, first of all, and I'm your best friend, so Well, maybe... I don't think he'll ever be my best friend, but I, I really feel like, you know, we'd, we'd probably be, like, best buds. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but Doss, Doss is playing solid golf, which is his MO. Like, that's his world. Yeah. is solid, and uh, I feel like he loves him some Europe, and... I think he's going to do well. I think so. Well, and he did great, uh, was it two weeks ago, right? And I mean, he has... Uh, he placed His signature placed is on a, a TI Buzz, so yeah. can't go wrong with that. And he was second in the, am, am I mistaken, the Silver Cup? In the cup? Silver Cup, yeah. he is. Yep, so, he was. Uh, and so, that was great. And we love Nate Doss. We do. Like, you can't... We do. can't get around. He's Nate. done so much for the sport, regardless of what he yeah. does. Nate Especially Doss. from, even though he reps Oregon... He's a, a Northern California dude, which and you gotta give he some has to. a brewery, Bevel Brewing. Nate Doss is a beer guy. It's so. true, Bevel. If you want to send us beers, we'll so. tell everyone how awesome they are. Nate Doss is the epitome of disc golf podcast. Awesome man. Yep, he is a pro disc golfer and also owns a brewery. So 
I, pretty much. We do none of those things, but we want to. Yeah. In both facets. We are not pro disc golfers. We don't own breweries. We do love beer and disc golf, though. And we would love to be pros and own breweries, but we're not good enough at either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's the disc golf podcast. We talk about the things we love. We don't necessarily execute them perfectly like Nate Doss does. So. Someday. Some, I don't think so. Some, uh, someday. We can dream. Maybe. Sure. We can dream. A guy can dream, right? I mean, someday maybe we can win like, um, like advanced masters some some way someday <laughs> some, way point. down the line, and and maybe homebrew a beer that like, is like slightly like what, what is the age? What is the age of like forty five or something? Like maybe like right when we're forty five, we're playing against like sixty five year old dudes. Maybe we can get yeah. like an advanced masters and maybe something. I'll, maybe like, I'll at tournament. Maybe I'll homebrew an IPA that is like moderately tolerable. I, mean, I think mine's going to be, I think I, when I start homebrewing, which I have like a whole kit to do, I haven't done it yet, it's it's going to be awful but high alcohol, <laughs> and so it's going to work for me. <laughs> it's not going to taste well, but it gets you drunk, and I'm be like, all right, that's a halfway success. Speaking of high alcohol, <laughs> we have to start the the... Best segment of every podcast, the Disc Golf Podcast, our deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a beer, we take a disc, we review them together, and call it a deer review. We have the MVP Catalyst, which is the newest distance driver from MVP Disc Sports. It is a uh, a 13-speed driver with a glide of 5, a turn of minus 2, and a fade of 2. These are MVP, if you're not familiar with them. They are all over-mold discs, meaning you have two different types of plastic that are in the disc. So the outermost portion of the rim of the disc is one type of plastic, and the flight plate, the center of the disc, is another. So um, very interesting discs. You typically have the two, two colors on them. Um, and uh, slightly different. It's in the Neutron. It's, it's a really <clears throat> stiff plastic in the center yeah exactly and then we have uh, to pair with that we have doomsday brewing company which is out of washington and uh it, they have we have their nuclear ipa so the concept being that nuclear reactions require some sort of catalyst correct yes, exactly. that's the thing i i didn't do science very good so i mean i was the best ever at it but i was like oh, i'm too cool for it i don't think that's accurate well, part of it was like, oh, you gotta like read stuff and like write things. I was like, I don't want to do those. Yeah, this has been like the second time in the podcast you referenced not being able to read. I'm starting to doubt your science capabilities. No, I'm super good at math. I just don't know how to read. Oh, is like, science math? A ton or is of math like, science. Uh, well, it depends on the <laughs> science. It depends on the science. Like, if it's physics, it's pretty much all math. Hmm. It's, Fair enough. It's it's. it's Mostly math with physics, which I did well in. Um, bio, I did all right. As as good at math as is Joe. That's how as bad I am at stuff. Stop saying things. <laughs> I did love that reference, but that was just dirty. Um, let's start with the beer. And we're just going to get out Okay, to so the uh, beer is the Nuclear IPA by Doomsday Brewing Company. It is a 7% American IPA, uh, which is um, 
we just taken a, a few sips of it. We kind of started it early on in this podcast. It's kind of like a, a dark colored beer, um, kind of like a dark amber orangey orangey type color. A little bit of foam off the top of it. It's very bitter. Very bitter. That's with, probably the most notable. It, it is. It is. And I'll be honest, when I go for an IPA, the thing that I look for, my favorite part of an IPA, is hops. And there are no hops. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. This this is, I don't want to call it a toothless IPA. It's, it's but it's. It kind of belongs in a bitter category for me more than it uh-huh. does an IPA. There's, there's just, there's not. There's not hops. There's not a hoppiness, and that's that's my jam. Like that's yeah. what I look for. Like that's my favorite part. I do love the bitter, but for me, like bitter is a function of the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. And when you get no hops and straight bitter, it's not for me. Yeah, I I think the malty taste of this beer kind of overpowers that. So you get the bitterness, and then you get a malty finish um, out and of then, it. A little aftertaste of more bitter. And then it, it the the final finish of it is dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, not uh, it, it's an okay IPA. We we are not as you can tell we are not super impressed by it. But it it is. We're also we're also and this is totally um, it might be like misconstrued. It might be my own head, but I feel like we live in like IPA mecca. Uh huh. Once again, this this could totally be me, but we're like, we're in Racer Five Land. We're in Lagunitas IPA Land. We're in Pliny the Elder Land. We're in like the mecca. We are we live in the county, in my mind, where the best IPAs come from, and this doesn't touch any of them. I I agree, and I don't want to hate. Um, I don't. I believe though, I and I would love that. for our listeners to, to to correct us. But I think there are other uh, IPAs that come from around the country here and around the world that that can can touch. No, our, that's our totally locals. true. That's one hundred percent. I will say that if you haven't had uh, Pliny the Elder or Pliny the Younger, um, you need to try both those beers. I think those are probably the best IPAs in the world. Um, it those two. I, I think well well that's like a double, and for me um, I'll stand true and I think, for me I I jump back and forth between racer and Lagunitas but I feel like Lagunitas just stock IPA is my baseline for yeah. me that's my baseline IPA that's what I judge all IPAs off of uh-huh. that one, um, which I know they have distribution I know that's everywhere mm-hmm. so that's not like a hard to find. If you like IPAs, you've had Lagunitas IPA, and whether it's the best or not, for me, it's a really good baseline. It of is, like, it's, yeah. It's a good, high-quality IPA, and I'll base everything off it. And I'm not saying it's, it's like once again, it's not the best, but if you're not to at least that standard, I'm, I'm not into it. I agree, yeah. And I don't, in all honesty, um, unfortunately, this isn't at that standard. Yeah, and also... Probably not something that most of our listeners outside the West Coast will be able to find, um, uh, unfortunately. So we, we grabbed this beer because it looked really cool and we wanted to try it and review it. And uh, but uh, and seven percent, which always helps. And it's not it's not awful by any no by not any at all. stretch. It's very bitter. So if you don't like a bitter beer, it's not going to work. 
Um, yeah, so it's 90 IBU. And there are people, and I know there's like some local ones and too. And 90 IBU is extremely high. Totally. So, and there's some people who love that, and that's fine. And, and like I said, for me, bitter is a function of hoppiness. Like I want lots of hops before I get the bitter or I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. Um, like we did uh, Arrogant Ben 10 or 120 IBU. But it's super hoppy. Well, and Wolf Mother... No, I don't think Eric and Bastard is 110 or one. I just made that up. Uh, Wolf Mother is 105, which we reviewed earlier, which is probably one of the <laughs> the more bitter beers we've dealt with this year. Which, I, I, I think... But I would, it's super crazy hoppy. Yeah, also. but but I, I don't think Arrogant Bastard is, is above 100. Okay, you might be um, right. So I, I would have to look that up. But Well, we don't need to look that up. I just but ninety is still extremely hot. It is, it is, and it's bitter, and and it's good bitter. But if I don't have hops, I'm not into it. And that's one hundred percent my personal preference. It doesn't make it a good or bad beer. No, it is definitely a mild hop IPA, which is not something you would expect from from an IPA. I mean, we we expect. And, and that maybe that's flavor. and all in all honesty that might be like a Northern California thing that we just don't know any better about. Well, this comes from Washington, so maybe it's a Washington thing. So, um, but uh, so it, it's a good drinkable IPA. It is a little bit dry on the finish. I'd say that's the only part. It's very bitter. So if you don't like a bitter beer, that's going to work. That's not going to work for you. But if if you do like a bitter IPA, this. Uh, Doomsday Brewing Company Nuclear IPA is it's good. It's drinkable. Seven percent alcohol, and it's definitely worth checking out. I will also say, and this is kind of the other big piece. And when we get to our rating, this is actually going to weigh more than maybe it should, or maybe not. It's an expensive. Was it twenty two? Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. It's an expensive twenty two. If it lived in the world of like a racer five, it, if it lived in the world of like our local stuff, I would think about it more. But um, in comparison, and I won't go into dollar amount, but in comparison, it was expensive, and for that, I'm maybe even more biased. Gotcha. But before we go into let's let's talk about the disc. Yeah. Before we we uh, you know give throw, a radio throw more radio. shade yeah. on <laughs> on the Doomsday IPA. So the the MVP catalyst, which is a thirteen speed driver by MVP Disc Sports, uh, famous so it's a, it's a 13... famous for their overmold technology. Right. Which, if you give me a second, I'd love to, to talk about the oh do because you know way the, more than the I do about theory this. behind it. So uh, overmold meaning what I mean by overmold is that there are two different types of plastic, and there is a center mold of the plastic and then of one type of plastic and then the outer rim of the disc is a second mold of plastic a different plastic and in this case with mvp disc sports is a higher density heavier plastic the theory being that shifting more weight to the outer rim of the disc will give it more uh, inertia as it is thrown at high speed. So, again, what does inertia though, do? <laughs> distance. Distance, distance, distance. So, spin right. is the main thing. So, it and but it also putting that weight out to the rim means it takes more power to get that disc to spin and hold that spin, which that weight at the outside of the disc 
is supposedly keeping the disc spinning longer. It still takes a lot of power to do it, but that's the idea behind every MVP disc. So, I uh, mean, which makes sense, but also like that's wider rims. Yeah. So do. It, basically, if you were to to do a correlation of all the the longest flying discs in the world, the one thing that is common between all of them is that they have a wide rim. And that means that they have more weight to the outside of the disc rather than to the center or a more equally balanced disc like right. a putter or a mid-range disc. So it's very common of a high-speed disc to have a wide rim and the majority of its weight uh, dis distributed to the outside of the disc. And if you throw it hard enough, that weight can work to your favor. If you don't throw it hard enough, it will just simply dump off to the left. Yeah. So, but MVP uh, Disc Sports, their plastic blend that they use for the outer rim of their disc is denser and heavier right. than what they use for the center. So they are uh, trying to work some science, you know, Scienced. into their their disc technology to get more weight to the very edge of the disc, and uh, in theory, give you better spin late in a in a disc golf throw um provided you can give it the power to sustain it so right and spin and uh totally correct me if i'm wrong which i i very much could be wrong the spin helps you get it to correct speed better and so, therefore live up to the numbers but i don't so as as a spin is what prevents a disc from uh, it, spin counteracts the flight of the of the okay. disc. Okay. So goes. this so this is the thing. Uh, I think I don't know if we've ever brought it up on the podcast before, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think a big difference between our throws. You spin discs better than I do, right? Like you have more spin because of your snap, in our theories. I I think so. Okay. I think based on on the the. Joe and I throw um, oftentimes similar distance on different lines, um, and uh, I tend to throw a more straight line, right. and Joe tends to throw out to the uh, much wider lines right. and get similar distance to each other as, as a result of it. And um, so spin, a disc comes out of your hand on a right-hand backhanded throw, spinning clockwise. Right. For a right-handed backhand player. And when that disc slows down, it fades off to left. So that spin is counteracting the fade at, okay. the, at the end of your throw. Oh, okay. So the more spin that it, the disc comes out of your hand at, the longer the disc will fight that low-speed fade. So when the disc slows down, the spin slows down, the disc will fade to the left for a right-handed player on a backhand throw so uh, what's the low speed if you go by the four numbers a low speed is the third number yes so if you go by like any of the numbers uh the third number so like speed is uh, number, no no fate, fate is four the fourth no number. fate is four sorry yeah the low speed turn is the third number or the second well it's number? just turn there's no such there's there's uh, turn oh, is glide. high speed I'm, turn. You're right. I'm yeah. I'll, I'll stop talking. So there's I'm speed. Uh, there's uh, speed glide turn and fade, 
and there's no there, there's no differentiation between being low speed and high speed turn. But but when it just releases out of your hand and it's it gets spin to it, um, that is what can keep a disc flying longer in certain cases. It will keep it flying straighter in most cases. So that's why I think uh, you and I in our in our throwing technique, I think Joe has a faster arm speed when he throws, but I think I probably generate more spin. Yeah. Uh, just based on the on the lines that we throw. Yeah. But back to the MVP catalyst. Sorry. Now that we've digressed on. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I love you. It's my fault. Not my, not overmold honest. technology and all that. Uh, this is a very understable distance driver. Again, we've said 13 speed. Um, what was it? Uh, it's a 13, 5, minus 2, 2. And to me, this disc was every bit of that minus 2 and then some. I, yeah, I would say and then some. Um, so I, I, oh, you can go ahead first and then I'll tell you what I. So uh, we threw this disc in the field with multiple different discs. We've reviewed the DDX last week and uh, we threw the DDX alongside this as well. Uh, we threw the turn along with it which we threw with the DDX as well, and we will review the turn in the future, so I don't want to reveal too much about how we feel about that disc, but uh, we we did review that. A couple of other uh, understable, the Ballista, Yep. Uh, we, we brought along out, the we Cannon. Had a, we had a Halo. Uh, the Halo. So a, a couple of Wait, other... Was it a Halo? No, Havoc. Havoc, Havoc, Havoc. yeah, we sorry. We the Havoc. Sorry. Right. Um, and a Colossus. And the Colossus. So high-speed understable drivers and i would say that the catalyst was probably the most understable 100 yep, of all of them even the colossus and uh i have a star turn that's a minus four the colossus um, the, that's the got havoc beat to it yes and yes uh, definitely that, which is which if, if you know the star turn is a minus four yeah and um this disc is if you want this to fly straight, you throw it on a hyzer flip, yep. and you don't try to overpower it. Um, if if you put it on an Anheuser angle, it's likely to become a roller. If you put it out flat, you could get a turnover line. Um, if you go with a Sky Annie, which to me, when I threw this, that was probably the most useful line that I found of this disc mm-hmm. was putting it up on a Sky Annie line. So kind of a low to high release where for a right-handed player, I'm releasing it on a, a semi-high angle out to the left and just letting it work back to the right on a long, long Anheuser line. And it, it held it beautifully. Yep, and it, um, it might hook up a little bit, but it kind of just ends straight yeah, just, rather than hooking up and it, coming back left. It would just kind of glide out. It, it didn't yeah. really fade it at any point. Um, it, it just kind of would carry that Anheuser line for a very long time and then kind of flatten out at the very, very end and, and give you a little glide. If I was a more powerful thrower, I think I could get it to go pretty damn far on on that line yeah um so that that was my analysis of it joe so so i took this disc and i actually threw it even extra time with just the ddx and the turn uh same i mean as far as i can tell which i feel like through doing all these reviews i've been able to kind of dial in my throws pretty well um throwing the same angle same wind same distance with the DDX and the turn. And so my turn, actually, I have a brand new, fresh champ turn 
Um, and once again, through all of them, it was definitely the most understable. Uh, you know, I could crank it out on a hyzer. It would flip up and turn, you know, whereas like the DDX and, and the turn would kind of flip up. Maybe turn a little bit, but just glide for days and then come back. Uh, this one, <laughs> straight hard hyzer for me would just snap right up, turn over right. Sometimes it would hook up and come back a little bit. I think the two fade is for real. Like it didn't, uh, it never really hooked up and, and crashed back left for me. It would either finish hard right or come back just a little bit. But... After throwing it all those times with those discs, uh, I took one more moment and said, you know what? I wonder if I could throw a roller with this disc. And I cranked it out at probably like a medium Anheuser low and probably didn't hit the ground until 250 feet, snapped on maybe like a 70 degree angle or something like that. Flipped up flat, and maybe my angles are totally wrong right now. And now you're talking on the ground. I'm talking like on it, the ground. Like hit the, hit ground the ground at 70 degrees. Hit the ground at 70 degrees. <clears throat> flipped up flat, went straight. And I out threw my DDX air shot with a roller. Like, I, I kid you not, I threw the best roller I've ever thrown in my life with the Catalyst. That's awesome. Like, I want a good 360, 375 roller, flipped up to straight, rolled, and had just a really small curl to the left. Like, less than 15 feet to the left from where the straight line ended. Um, <clears throat> that's, like, right there was the moment that I was like, there is a place for this. For me. Mm -hmm. For me. And, and once again, and I've said it, I think, in every podcast so far. I don't ramp down. Like, I don't, I don't throw 75. I don't throw 80. Pretty much, I try to, and I do that. But with this, I, I didn't at all. With this disc, I threw as hard as I could pretty much every time. And with the roller, I cranked it hard. It turned, hit the ground, and did beautiful things. And that, for me, is where uh, it buttered my bread. I was pumped. Like, that was one of the coolest lines I've ever seen a roller go on. Like I said, the furthest I've ever thrown a roller. And it was in a field that usually, like, the field I threw in, is, it's pretty dense grass. Like, it wasn't a dry plain. It's a place that I've worked on rollers for a while. And usually that grass eats my discs up. Regardless. Like, it'll, like my rollers will look better in any other field than the one I threw in. And this crushed it. Um, it was it was amazing. I, I couldn't help but snap a picture and send it to Robin. Eat, like, that did I, happen. I, I literally rolled further than my air shot. And, and it was an air shot with my new fancy swirl DDX that was a beautiful glidey mega air shot. And I went further with a roller, um, which kind of endeared this disc to me with that. But like Robin said, for me, it, it was a turnover machine. Anything else, any air shot, anything I did, just flip, turn, didn't come back. And this was like in pretty neutral wind. If there was any sort of headwind at all, I probably would have lost the disc. <laughs> uh, it, it turns hard. I, 
so with the numbers like the 13, 5, minus 2, 2, I would probably amend it in my mind. And like I said, my numbers are based off of Innova and probably throwing like uh, out of the box, like Champ and Star, usually mm-hmm. more stable than whatever. But out of the box, in comparison, I would almost call this like an 11, 4, minus 3, 2. Yeah, I I think that's probably accurate. Uh, it it reminded me, to be honest, the disc that flew closest to it that we threw alongside was the Colossus. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that turn, it it just would kind of turn over and and just hold it. It didn't fade at all. Right. So I I think that's probably accurate. I don't know about the eleven speed part because. I guess it was but, pretty fast. It just, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ramp it back up to the 12 or 13. But the two, like I said, like the DDX and the turn are, are 12 speeds. Yes. Um, and, and the Colossus really, is what, is a 14? 14. Yeah. So, so, so I, I okay, I, I would say 12 or 13. I would say 12 or 13. That, that makes sense. <clears throat> um, granted, I, I can crank a disc. I don't have great accuracy my form's not amazing, but I can crank a disc. So I feel like if you have like a lower arm speed, if you're, um, like if you're if you're into a wraith and you like have a nice like beat wraith, mm-hmm. or um, like I, even a Valkyrie. I think that's actually if, a really... if you're turning over like a Valkyrie nonstop, like I could see you picking up a catalyst. I think that's a that's an excellent point. If you're looking for a disc that out of the box is mimicking the flight path of a beat-in Wraith or a, a very beat-in Destroyer or something mm-hmm. like that, um, you, this Catalyst can do that. It, it really will. I, I have no idea what this disc is going to do as you beat it in. I assume it would become a roller. Uh, but it's certainly not a headwind disc. Uh, certainly, you know, I wouldn't trust it in those situations. Right. But if you're looking for those those big turnover lines or, uh, like you said, backhand roller, I unfortunately didn't think to try a backhand roller right. with it. Because personally, for me, roll, the roller disc that I use is a 9-speed. Um, right. No, totally. And, 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 and it, really, just, it was an afterthought. It really was like, it's turning over nonstop. Why not? Yeah. Why so, not? And that was actually like the my last throws of the day were rollers just to see what's up. And I was like, wow, I should have done this in the first yeah. place. It just didn't occur to me to try a roller with a 13-speed disc. I just don't. That's not something yeah. that, that crossed I, my I, mind. I think this one would be, um, when I talk about cranking Anheuser's, like, I think I uh, super exaggerate the angle when mm-hmm. I throw, like, big sky Annie's. And I think this is one that I probably could just crank out flat and high, and the disc is going to do the work and really oh, that, do the. Annie. That's exactly and, how I threw it. Right, and and that's what I didn't do. So yeah. I went I went straight to roller, yeah. whereas you thought to like throw. Yeah. So I think it could be a really good turnover <clears throat> disc, like for distance. Uh, I mean, it got out there. It wasn't like it was turning into the ground out of my hand. It was just you know if if you crank on it's going right. Um, it could be a nice Anheuser disc. It could be a great roller, but like we both said, if uh, you're throwing like a nine speed, a ten speed, and either you've thrown it enough that it's just unbearable, and it turns over, and you want to replace, or you're looking for like the next speed up, this might be a good place to go. Yeah, I I think so. 
I mean, and there are plenty of... It feels of, great in my hand. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's just not working and for me. NVP has a lot of good discs to check out, so they're they're definitely a company to take a look at and and try their their arsenals because they've got quite a few in there working on expanding their line. So of recent, they've got probably like six or seven distance drivers now in that. Which I didn't even realize. Like I thought that, it was like the first one. I in wasn't that paying eleven plus speed range and and. Um, you know they've been famous for their their uh, discs a little bit lower in that speed range, but they're expanding their categories now. So uh, it, I mean it's super cool. It's worth <clears> checking <throat> out. Um, let's just let's just get into our the 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 actual verdict. The actual verdict. Uh, I'll start with this. It's it's not going in my bag. Although that roller puts me on the edge. That roller kind of blew my mind today. But I do feel like in a month or so, my uh, my champ turn might do exactly what I want mm-hmm. in that same in that same boat. Um, yeah, it's not it's not going back. It's cool. I think it has a place, just not for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it yeah, I have a star turn. That is relatively beat in over the years. That serves the purpose of this disc for me. Uh, it's not something I bag on a regular basis. If you listen to my in the, in the bag, but when I go to a course where I know I need a long turnover shot, uh, it goes in. Uh, I also have a couple other discs that that kind of fall Your in FDs that. Your FDs are kind of my my FDs can can give me. To be honest, I think I could throw an FD farther than this disc. Um, which is a much lower speed disc, but has has higher glide and and uh, a little bit less understability. But but I think I could get more distance out of it. Personally. That's true. And like I said, and I don't know if you agree with me. It says the five glide. I don't. I didn't feel the five. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like it was a. a I think it's more like a four. Yeah. And when I did get good distance out of it, it was on turnover lines. Yes. So it it meant that unless I planned for it to go way to the right, it was not a good shot. Right. So uh, it, it's a it would be a specialty shot for me personally, and I have a couple other discs in my bag currently that that fill that and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not. It it was interesting and it was nice that. To have a disc where you know out of the box you grab it and you know you can you can trust to do that line you don't have to break it in like a which is a beautiful thing like in yeah. of a discs we've talked about it probably too many times you need to put some time into them yeah so that was nice and it it's certainly a great feeling disc it it doesn't uh, the rim isn't totally overpowering where it's a a gigantic rim it is a a large rim disc which but, I love. Um, uh, it, I, for me, there's no place in my bag yep. for this currently. Right. Um, so. And then with the beer, like I said, it's not my cup of tea. I when I get an IPA, um, hops are like my that's my number one flavor I go for. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what drives me to an IPA. <clears throat> that's for the most part the majority of beers I really enjoy are super hoppy. And it has little to no hops, or at least for my like palate, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm I'm not into it. Yeah. 
and I, for a higher price. I unfortunately 22. agree. Uh, it, it's to me less so. I I don't mind a, a bitter beer that doesn't have a a full hot palate, but the fact that it's it's a bitter beer and also has a dry finish, it, that's a little a little tough for me. I, you know, if it if it was bitter, didn't have a strong hop flavor, but finished smooth, right? I I think that would be, it'd be great. Like, I mean, it's super drinkable. I mean, yeah. I may or may not have just knocked down a 22. I probably didn't because I drink three-ounce <laughs> sips. Uh, but it's just, it's not, I'm not going to venture out for yeah. it. Like, I'm not going to search out for this beer. So Super drinkable, I'll drink it, but I'm, I'm not about Dooms- to, like, get it to bring it to the course. Doomsday Brewing Company, Nuclear IPA. It sounds like, Joe, we're not going to bag the disc. Neither of us are going to bring this beer on the course with us. That's bad news. It is. Uh, it's like... It's like when you have like a six-foot putt. Oh, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> and you miss all chains and you throw like 15 feet past. What? No. Just, just how about we say 12-foot? Because we would obviously never miss a six-foot Okay, putt. so 12-foot, 12-foot <laughs> and then you go like 20 past. Yeah. And oh, then you no. miss that one coming back. Oh, no. Like a front rim banger on the way back. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a it's like a three putt. It's like birdie to double bogey. Wow, that's that's really awful. Is it? It's not. It's that not bad. that bad. Okay, no. good call. Good call. No, come on. Um, it's not that bad. The beer is is drinkable and uh, and good. Uh, the disc has used to it. There's not like it's not like it's a bad disc or it's not going to do anything. No, wrong. it's super cool. It like someone's going to love. There, there will be people. We you will see posts on Reddit and whatnot of people loving this disc. I, if you I, go on infinitedisc.com, <clears throat> who's actually a sponsor of this podcast, yeah. who actually gave us this disc, uh, by the way, if you want a discount, you can put in the DG podcast through infinitedisc.com. And, and, and uh, get this disc. It's actually like all five star reviews. So there are people, but it's lower arm speed. It's not for us. It's, well, uh, I. I don't think just that. I think the the main issue for me is that um, I don't need more uh, specialty discs to my bag. No. Like discs for a specific line. I have discs currently in my bag that I've worked on for years to get the lines that this catalyst will give me. Um, when I'm looking for a new disc to my bag, I'm looking for a versatile disc that can give me multiple lines. Right. You know, where I, it's not just like, oh, I need that, I'm going to use that disc once every three rounds at a specific course on a specific hole for this specific distance right. and this specific right. line. Right. I want a disc that is going to give me, you know, an advantage every day, every round that I take it out. So the Catalyst, while it has its use and has, uh, you know, some great potential to it, is not a disc that I'm going to put in my bag and be like, I'm going to throw this five times every round. I don't think that's this disc. No. And so the, it's it's definitely a disc that, uh, yeah, it's super specialized where it might be like one time per round and based on some sort of drive or something that wasn't tailwind, awesome. A big time would, tailwind. Like drive. I feel like it would be a second throw. Like I don't even know that I'd ever throw it off the tee. Like, I really? can't think of a time that I'd really... I think that this would be a great distance driver with a tailwind off the tee. I think that's what this disc is for. 
if you have if you need have a tailwind and you need max distance off the tee, uh, the catalyst along with a turn or a DDX, which I both which which I bag both of. Yeah, would, so would I don't be I, great choices. I, I think so too, but I feel like I have both those other discs and I trust them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I wouldn't. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't so, I don't need so three discs. What are you calling? So this is no chains. This is an air. I guess. I guess you know. I guess you said it perfectly. It's a front rim banger. Okay. It's a, and that's for. I think that's for par. A front yeah. rim banger. Like it's not a birdie putt that you. Ooh. It's a. It's a. It's not a, even a. You can't even say par on this one, huh? No, I. I mean, I'm be honest, and you can disagree, but. No, I don't. I think you're right. It's it's gonna take a stretch for either one of these to come out on the course with me. Um, like I said, someone is going to love this disc. There are people who I guarantee right now this has saved their life, but it's the same thing with like the Vibram Lace. I've mm-hmm. met a ton of people who were like, oh, it revolutionized my game. Like, I throw so much further. Whereas for me, it's like a turnover into the ground out of my mm-hmm. hand. So, yeah. It's going to be great for someone with I think that, that intermediate arm. I for think sure. you're right. I think that this disc, um, well, and I bet it's going to hold that flight. I bet it holds that flight for a year. My only problem is that I think my opinion of of trying to say that oh you have a lower speed arm, try this disc, it'll help you get some distance. I think with a little effort that lower speed arm could take a disc like a Leopard 3 or an FD and get the same distance and and do it with a much lower speed disc than this. Hey. So uh, that's but, just my that's but, my personal philosophy on Discord. Oh, hundred percent. But I think a part of the game too, and if you know me, which you do know me well, uh, there is a little bit of like that psyche. There's a little bit of that mental being like the speed disc in my hand makes me feel like a more of a man. Does it? <laughs> Does for me. Who yeah. who was the first guy you knew who bought like three fourteen speed discs? You. This guy. Yep. Yeah. You did, uh, you did do that. I still throw the most dirty discs on earth that I really can't throw, but I love mm-hmm. them. Makes me feel better about myself. Don't worry about yeah, it. It's fine. So I feel like, you know, there's someone, uh, like this probably would have been perfect for me when I was coming up rather than picking up a cannon or a mm. rampage. This might have been like a nice inner room, but I was dumb and went straight for dirty things. So we're, we're calling this, this, uh, dear review pairing our disc and beer pairing we're calling it a front rim banger meaning that both of these just Aren't kind of came anywhere. up short but like i said this is a super cool disc it's clean it's pretty it's someone's gonna love this thing yeah and again check out infinitedisc.com right and we're gonna give this disc away we are and we you're waiting for this the way you can get this disc one you need to follow us on instagram that's that's it. It's, okay. it's it's via Instagram period. So if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, find us on Instagram. It's it's the Disc Golf Podcast on Instagram. Easy, and I want you to comment with your favorite either quote or your takeaway from the epic review on Amazon. <laughs> Right, I'm giving you homework, which yeah. is which. I know you don't want homework. A lot of you guys are out of school or in school. Either way, 
You don't want homework, but that's my homework I'm giving you. And if you're a legit OG listener, you already saw this like five, six days ago right? when I tweeted it so, out. So you can you can comment or you can direct message on Instagram, but you got to follow. And then I want you to let us know the coolest or the goofiest part you found from that epic review on our Instagram. Yeah. And by our, I mean mostly Robin's, but my name's in it like here and there. Yeah. We talk about Joe. I take pictures of you. And I post I mean, it. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't retweet my my pictures, but it's cool. Well, I mean, there's a certain standard. And by retweet, I mean repost. Because it's... Well, I mean, the Disc Golf Podcast Instagram has a certain level of photo that, okay. that it's required. So, I mean, you know, when you post a picture that... It... <laughs> Why don't you drink some more of that beer? Why don't you drink some of that, more of that beer, and then, and then your standards will fall a little bit. And you'll repost my beautiful I'll get picture some, of my disc. I'll get some beer goggles on... on exactly. Uh, um, but anyways, uh, this will go to a good home. I know someone is going to love this disc, and I know someone's pining right now to get this disc. Yeah. It, it's it's a great disc. It's just not for us. Um, and I'm sure you've it's been listening. It's not me, it's you. I think Exactly. Is, exactly. Is the... It's not you, it's me. No, no, no. I, I, I meant the way I said it. Well, it's not for me, but it's for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's so it's a it's a 171 gram catalyst. You're gonna dig it. Let us know about the uh, epic review. And uh, from there, I guess check us out on our Instagram, which is at the Disc Golf Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, which is at the Disc Pod. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash the Disc Golf Podcast. Closing notes, Robin. Thank you so much for listening. Another great episode in the books. Get out there, play some disc golf, throw stuff at stuff, and tell us about it.